What up, though? This is the Chill Bravado Podcast. I'm your boy, Chill B, and I bring you a series called Laker 8216, where we cover the grind of an 82-game season with the dreams of 16 wins. That gives you the chip in the end. And as we know, Boston, fortunately, could not pull it off. That's right. The Golden State Warriors have gone on to win. And now here they are, four-time champions with this regime, four out of eight not bad, man. Not bad. And Boston still remains where they are when it comes to getting these rings and his hardware. So even though this was the worst Lakers season, we still got to end with a smile on our face as we watched Boston go down. And I know it's been a lot of things going on, man. I know we're talking about new media versus old media. That's not the type of conversation I'm getting into today, but I'm definitely going to address that in the future, in the near future. But first, let's get into Laker talk basketball. That's right, the Lakers. The world is revolving around the Lakers again because now we are in the offseason and free agency is right around the corner. But first, let's talk about the draft. As the Lakers were able to sneak back up into the draft, they had no picks, but we knew they was going to be shopping for a second rounder. And they took Max Christie with the 35th pick out of Michigan State. And I'm going to talk about him and what I've seen and what I'm looking forward to. We're going to talk about Summer League and some of the people that we picked that are some names that are, you know, nice size names. Give us something to watch from Summer League if you're really hoop fans as far as Summer League play. We got that for you. I want to talk about filling out the roster because we have free agency coming up. I want to be able to talk about my types of players that I would like to see put next to LeBron and Anthony Davis and see if we can make this a successful season. So, and then I'm going to also talk Russ opting back in, Kendrick Nunn opting back in, and the future Malik Monk. So, without further ado, this is Laker 82-16. Let's get this thing started, and I'm going to come right back with you with the draft of Max Christie and my potential for him. All right, we are back. And let's get right to it, man. Filling out the roster for this Lakers season is going to be tough. It's going to be challenging. Darvin Ham and the organization has their hands, you know, filled. We know we have LeBron, Anthony Davis, Taylor Harden Tucker, as of right now, Kendrick Nunn, and Russell Westbrook is off to back in. So th- these are the guys we're working with. Stanley Johnson, Winnie Gabriel, they just, you know, the team accepted their team options, as well as we have Austin Reed. So we have a good core group of young guys, but we still have to fill out this roster. Trades could be made. Uh, Russ, unlikely, but we're not going to get into all the trade talk now. Let's just talk about potential types of players that we could, you know, benefit from having on this roster. And I'm going to go... I'm going to go with my center spot that I want to talk about. What type of center would I want? Um, My forwards, you know, what type of forwards would I want? And then we're getting to my, I feel like the least important thing is, is the point guard position. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about what type of point guard I feel like is more important than others. And 
let's start off real right now with the centers. All right, so if, if I'm looking for a center to put next to Anthony Davis, let's say I want AD to play the four. I want, I want to have a five like we had when JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard was roaming around in the championship season. And, and, and it didn't seem to work for AD because he was able to limit his minutes at that spot. And then if you watched the whole season and if you went to the playoffs, as the game went on, as the season went on, as the playoffs went on, AD was sliding to play more and more five in the later minutes, um, the crunch time, fourth quarters, all those things where it was able to give um, the Lakers an advantage when it comes defensively to having the versatility of a big like AD as well as having another forward or three and D wing out there to help with, you know, whatever they need as far as just playing, you know, phenomenal defense. So let's get to the center spot. Uh, rim protecting big. That, that That's kind of going back to the championship season. You know, rim protecting big is good. I like that. But w- will that rim protecting big be able to have the lateral quickness and the foot speed? That's, that's kind of what scares me. It depends on if you want that. If I'm getting a rim protecting big who's not a floor spacer, but he can defend um, in the perimeter a little bit, then I'm happy with that. And it's even a plus is that if he gives you the lob threat ability, because Dwight Howard, like he lost a, a little lift and a little step in this last season, you know, JaVale, we're missing that because him, Phoenix, he looked great with Phoenix playing behind him, which is probably one of the reasons why DeAndre Ayton is not as, you know, highly recruited by them anymore. They're looking like, hey, we can live without this guy. And we don't want to have to pay him that much money. So um, going back to the rim protecting big, who's just going to play a selective amount of minutes and, and let AD not play the five so much, which I think he had a healthier season in that bubble year. Although we know um, the bubble came after the, the month, the months were kind of laid out because of, you know, the world shutting down, but the Lakers were healthy before it happened. They beat the Bucks, they beat the Clippers. They, they went on a run. They they ran on, on a good run there, you know, and they had they had a good a good thing going for them before the world shut down. So a rim protecting big is one. We could try something different. A force spacing big, you know, like Mark Gasol. He didn't have the foot speed for spacing big. He didn't really have that in his arsenal. But if we can find a younger guy who can maybe have uh, the threat of being able to shoot that, or a veteran guy, you know, that could be a way to go next to AD. It's gonna it's really gonna help you if you want to play that um four out, you know, one in. Type of thing that Darvin Ham was talking about, you know, utilizing that was you're done with the Bucks for Budenholzer. So that gives you an uh, opportunity to let that type of floor spacing big really utilize that. And it's going to help in the long run if, if you can get that offense flowing. And if he just has any type of rim protecting or just any type of just effort and understanding and IQ of defense to, to be, you know, serviceable on the defensive end, you might can live with that. It's a great look. And then you have your versatile defending big, who's who, who's good at rim protecting. You know, he he's he's not a floor spacer, but he's definitely able to step out and and make and make those um you know reads, reactions, pick and roll defenses. He has the IQ to be able to put himself in position where he's, these guards are not just going to get a, a open lane right to the cup. So these are the type of bigs that I will put next to you know AD, and you can make all of them work. And then it just depends on what the rest of your roster is going to do. Because if you get a situation again where you can have AD at the four and you have a rim protecting big or a floor spacing big or a versatile defending big next to him at that five spot, now it's going to be, it's just, it just seems better for you because you have 
now a way you can look at the rest of your roster, which brings us down to the forward spots. So if I was to have a forward there, the versatile forwards, some um, those, those guys, six, five, six, six, all the way up to six, eight, six, nine, and dare I say six, 10, those guys are very hard to find and, and they're getting paid a lot these days. But if you can find some guys out there, versatile forwards, who's able to defend in the perimeter, who's able to even slide over and guard another power forward, you know, he's able to, you know, just, he, he's able to play in between LeBron and AD. You know, he, he's able to play in between um, Russ and LeBron, if, you know, if Russ still on the team, which, you know, kind of, it's, 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 it's different in a three and D wing. A, a, a versatile forward is more of the athletic guy who's going to really, you know, help you on the defensive end more and then help you push the ball up. So he's going to benefit from loose balls and hustle plays and just getting down the court. So then you slide over to a three and D wing. Okay. That's, that's another um, um, position as well as versatile, but it also has a guy who knows their lane. Like the, the versatile forward offensively probably might struggle unless he's able to shoot the three at a, at a good clip. But if you have a three and D wing, it's going to come in. Now you're going to have the KCPs, the Danny Greens of the world. You know, those guys who know their role well, they're just big, bigger wings who's able to be big enough defensively to help out and, 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 and hold down the fort as well as keeping LeBron off of the, the more perimeter guys and allow him to play maybe in the weak side, you know, let him play in the backside and call out the, in the sets of the offense and allow him to flow that way. So the three and D wing is always something that we got to have more and more and more of, and it'd be great to get one of those. Um, I think it'd be great to have at least one of the versatile forwards. And I'm, when I say versatile forward, I mean a guy who's very long, very lengthy, can can help, you know, switch defenses. You can't, there's nobody on the floor you can hunt and call out and go at. And he's just a solid, solid defender and just a basketball player, a hustle player. Bruce Bowen, um, Bruce Bowen, Bruce Brown, um, to play with the the Nets, a guy like that comes to mind where you have that type of guy who who can just really he's playing like he's a center. You know, he he's really strong, not the tallest guy, but definitely he, he just plays um up to his with his position and up. You know, he's able to be very very effective on a good team. So three and D wings, you know, the, the Danny Greens, the you know all these guys like that. And then I feel like one that's missing is just having a traditional power forward, a guy who who can guard the four position, who, who's a tr- who's going to be able to sol- hold his own, be solid down on the block on the defensive end, but as well as have the ability to be able to shoot the mid-range jumper when open, who's able to play in the dunker spot, and, and then this gives you um, versatility with AD as well, or, or a guy like when we had Marquise Morris when he first came to the Lakers that year, he was able to hit the three ball, he was able to hit the mid-range jump, he was able to someone you can fit in between LeBron and AD. He's a guy that's very well um, slotted there. And if you can get a guy who's a traditional power forward, who's going to do traditional power forward things, when you do have to go, you know, AD at the five, this gives you a person who has the skill set to knock down the 17-foot jumper or maybe even stretch out the three-point range. So this is um a guy who I look forward to saying, it's just different ways you can build this team. It's just a matter of how many 3D wings how much versatility you're able to get and how many specialists are you going to be able to put on this roster. Um, but, but when you don't have anything but vet minimums and you have the tax um, payer um, making level 6 million there, you're not really, you know, having the flexibility financially to go get all of the home runs. 
So right now we don't need home runs. Sometimes we need some doubles. You know, we, we need need a you need we need a guy who can get the third. So, you know, we we have two home run guys in LeBron AD when healthy. Um, we're gonna talk about Russ later, but let's get to the the, the point guards. You have an elite point guard in, in Kyrie. Now, if you were able to go on and make a trade to get Kyrie, you go get Kyrie. Because that means you have to be shipping Russ out the door as well. But right now, that's just not looking realistic. So I'm not going to speak in that anymore. But if you ask me, do I want um, Kyrie, if that means Russ is gone, yes. If that means um, we're going big and going home, yes. Go ahead. Let's do that. I have no problem with that. But I just don't think like that's happening. Next, you, you got the defensive point guards. You know, a guy... Like like Javon Javon Carter, like the guy who played play with the Suns and he played with the Nets. He is a good guy to put next to LeBron, a hustle player, can play defense, can occasionally hit that three if he's wide open. And I just feel like he'll have a lot of opportunities to get playing time and be motivated. Um, then you have the off-ball point guard, you know, like Mario Chalmers. We've seen that guy before. Secondary playmaking, you know, playmaking ability where he's able to, even though he can play off-ball, Terry Rozier type, can play the one and play off because LeBron's going to be your point guard for the majority of your time. If we're going to build a team that I like, he's going to be um, your, your point guards point forward by the fault type of guard. Uh, so yeah, anybody who can play off ball as well as still have secondary playmaking ball handling capabilities, you go for that guy, you live with it and it's probably going to help you in the long run. And then you have another defensive, but a point guard with size. Malcolm Brogdon type, you know, the, he's a very, he's a big wing. He's a, when healthy, he's a good defender. He can play off ball. He can create has the length and size to be a great defender. Definitely, definitely can be right next to LeBron. And in that lineup, if you had him with LeBron and AD, and then you add in just um, Austin Reeves type of player, um, Stanley Johnson that we have right now, or even Kendrick Nunn, uh, it's just, he's he just going to make your offense better. Because he's able to do things on the offensive end and defensively, his size at that position, that's going to leave for, for just more another veteran, smart presence of a guy who's been there. He's done that. He's played at high levels when healthy. So that's what I feel like that's at, man. So when I'm looking at my roster, man, Mo Bamba is a guy who I look at who will be great if you can get him for the um, taxpayer mid-level. If you get him for $6 million, you got to get him, you know? Just because I want a guy who can play next to AD. I want a guy who's versatile enough to to, to be a, a, a just a ball disturber, rim protecting, um, be a little versatile on the perimeter, still young, has a nice little motor, can, can attack you above the rim with the lob, um, can actually step out and shoot, you know, at, at, at a decent percentage for a big. Mo Bamba be great to get for that. But if you can't get Mo Bamba, then you start looking at centers like Damon Jones. I love I love what he brought the, the little time he had here on his 10 days uh, a season or so ago. Yeah, it was just fun to watch seeing him have a motor. He's a guy, and he actually shoots free throws pretty well for a big man. Um, if you want to go back to, you know, stretch, you know, big types, um, Boogie Cousins, although he's slow a foot, he's a guy who, if he was to able to come on a vet mid, I wouldn't be mad if you have that type of versatility on your lineup. Uh, it's just a lot of centers that you can look at right now because centers are kind of like running backs. They're getting kind of, you know, if you, they don't, they, they don't, not, not valued as high as they used to be. And that's fine. But Mo Bamba will be a dream. But if that, with that being said, if Mo Bamba came, I know someone who's not coming back. Yeah. 
And if you can get the Markeith Morris type, if you can get the, the Vanderbilt's from Minnesota type, or if you can get the three and D wing type, um, uh, are you, if you can get a guy like, uh, um, what's, what's the man name? Warren. Yeah. Um, to play with the Suns and play with Indiana, who's been hurt a little bit. A guy like him, TJ Warren, I think his name is, that'd be a good type of guy to look into. Um, if you can get DiVincenzo types, you know, it, it's just, it, it's a lot of guys out here who, and it's not a lot of money to go to. So now it's going to come down to who wants to play ball with LeBron and AD, who wants to come to LA, who wants to get that prove it deal, kind of like Malik Monk did last year and come and do that. So we're going to have opportunities to get guys who are hungry. Um, we get guys who are younger and it just be fun to watch. So now let's get into it as we talk about Russ maybe you know him opting back in and none and, and then i'm gonna get into my malik um type of conversation all right all right let's let's go out like this let's talk russ talk country none Let's talk Malik Monk, but first, let me get into the Summer League. Yeah, Max Christie, he was the guy that was drafted at the you know, pick 35. He's going to be on the Summer League. He's a young wing with length. He got a little, he's got nice size to him. Um, shooting potential, I'm seeing people say, you know, he didn't shoot a great percentage this year in college, but he's definitely shot better in the past. And just looking at his, his shooting form and his mechanics, I think that's going to be fine. So some of we're going to get to see him. It starts soon, I think, in a week or so. Uh, we'll get to see him out there. He is very, he's a lot of potential there. Um, then we also get to see Mac McClung, you know, a guy who we brought in who they really <laughs> was on last year, which I think made good strides in the G League this previous year. He did good for himself. Scottie Pippen Jr. will be on the squad as well as Shaquille O'Neal's son, Sharif O'Neal. They will all be in action in Summer League. So no Austin Reeves. In summer league, thank God. We, I mean, I know we want to see him play, but I don't want to see him get hurt. So there we go with that. That's the summer league, and let's lead right into Russ. Forty-seven million dollar Russ is now a, a thing. Now he has opted in, and I and I would like to start off by saying I've never had a problem with Russell the player. Um, I don't think I think most people made it personal, and they don't like Russ the player and the Russ the actions and Russ the interviews. But I don't really care about all that. Russ, the player, is not is not my problem all the way 100. Okay, 100%. Russ, the contract is what always I thought was a thing. And I've said it before, and just listen to, and listen to other people say it, the same thing I'm thinking. $47 million Russ just hit different. 10 to $15 million Russ actually doesn't sound bad because you have money to spend on other positions to put around him and around the other guys who could be successful. And now when I say put around him, I say that lightly because I don't think you build this roster to help Russ. There's no reason to help build a roster to make Russell play at his skill set or his his style. Because Russell's an expiring contract. I am not putting people around him when he is in his last year of his deal of 47 million, not doing it. Russ is going to have to do what he said he's going to have to do. And that's going to have to be sacrifices made um, with Coach Ham. Coach Ham has talked about it, the sacrifice. And there's been, you know, there's been rumors that 
Russ is willing to buy into the sacrifices, even on the defensive end, because it was just times where it seemed like he would fall asleep. And I mean, when you've been the guy on the team and you have to worry about all the offensive stuff, getting everybody in sets, doing all the, the things, you know, the, the, the tough and heavy lifting you had to do with OKC and, and all that, you don't really pick up great defensive habits if you don't already have them. I mean, he played with a lot of energy. On ball defense is okay when he was guarding at the right position. But it becomes a, a problem when he was trying to guard, you know, threes and fours or getting switched up on guys. And, and, and it's just not in our favor for him to be doing that because he's just too small to guard those guys. Um, he does not technically sound enough to be um, a great defender on certain, you know, big guys. Um, you know, other guards are getting are younger and quicker. So it's really going to come down to just being smart, sacrificing effort, you know, setting screens, running, running through screens, um, you know, listening to the calls on defense, you know, getting yourself in position where you can get angled right. And, you know, all the stuff that, he's, he, that he knows more than I've, you know, ever learned. You know, he's forgotten more than I know about basketball. So I'm not going to sit here and try to tell Russ how to play defense in the NBA. Uh, we just know that if he's going to buy in and do sacrifice, that'll make Coach Ham first year a whole lot more pleasurable and the fans will appreciate it more too but i am not building my roster to help accommodate russ russ is going to have to be one of those pieces that's going to help accommodate ad and lebron and a rush trade seems like it's out the window some Lakers fans just get ready the brody's going to be here unless something drastically changes once free agency starts or at the trade deadline but for right now hey man russ here I mean, and a part of me wants him to be successful. I think it was a part last year when the the, the booze and the, and, and the blame game and the blame game power was all put on Russ. And I just I just start rooting for guys like that. So I'm just hoping this year Russ comes out with something to prove and a chip on the shoulder and his team's able to stay healthy. So if they're going to go down, hopefully they go down healthy. We'll see. You know, I'm, and then that slides over to none. I... All year long, I'm like, man, if we can get none to come back at this amount of time in the season, you know, maybe they'll give us a little surge to make the playoffs, make the playoffs, make the playoffs. And when we found out he was officially out for the year, that was like the playoffs was already dead anyway. So we didn't really care if he came back or not, just being honest as a fan. But Kendrick Nunn had some things to offer him. He was in Miami. He showed us a lot of things when he was healthy. Um, he's a three-level scorer. I feel like him at that price tag is very much a bargain. Even still now, I know last year when we got Kendrick Nunn, everybody was like, how do we get him for that? Well, he picked up that option. He is going to be still here. So Kendrick Nunn, if not traded, I feel like he could be a guy, if we don't find that point guard that I like, the, the, the slot in um, with LeBron and these guys, if Russ Book is still here, Kendrick could maybe play off ball a lot more. But I'm just... Until we know what this roster looks like, I don't know how to gauge and judge Kendrick Nunn's contributions of being successful to winning basketball games. I know what he can do. I know what he, he might can figure out, but is that going to lead to winning ball? But with Russ still here and Nunn still here, um, that taxpayer man level, I'm not in a rush to give that to Malik Monk. I know I love Malik. I know Malik played well for us offensively last year, but that skill set is going to be old. Like Kendrick Nunn can provide you with some of that that Malik, Monk, that Malik Monk has if he's healthy and he's, you know, able to 
fit in with whatever the roster looks like. So I just feel like we're going to have a lot of skill duplication if we keep none. If we keep none, I'm just I'm not going to be surprised if Malik Monk is, is gone. And we put that taxpayer mid-level on a Gary Payton the second, or Otto Porter Jr., or a Mo Bamba if they take these. You know, we can pry those guys away. Um, you know, I mean, it's just it's just looking like all these guys can't be here. You know, we can't have Russ, none, and Monk again. You know, it's not, this is not a good, it's not, we got too many guards as it is. Um, we need more guys who are going to be more versatile at, at three, four, and five spot. And yeah, man, we, we just got a lot of work ahead of us, man. Can, you know, can, can none provide that young scoring lay off the ball with LeBron James type of things? Might he start beside Russ? You know, we never, we don't know. It makes me nervous just thinking that because we haven't seen him play. And, you know, Monk's the fan favorite, but um, I just don't see him coming back. I just don't see how we're going to be able to do that. And if he does come back, it's because we had no other options. And then we're going to have the little guard sets again. And we're going to get destroyed on the defensive end. But we might have a little more fun, you know, scoring the basketball. Maybe a little more fun seeing Kendrick Nunn and Monk and all these guys be able to come in and help score. But we'll leave it at that. That's where we're at. So we're going to stay tuned. Free agency is kicking off Thursday. Let's see what happens with all the teams across it. Cause so, but, but Laker Nation, we are definitely going to be paying attention. This is your Laker 82-16 series. This is the Chill Bravado Podcast. I'm your boy, Chill B. Just giving you my thoughts, and we'll come back with more of the old media versus the new media. I'm going to get into it, but just not today. I just want to talk about the Lakers for one time. I haven't talked about them in a while because of the playoffs. It's the off season. I'm your boy, and I'll talk to you guys next time. Love, peace.